Welcome to the Ready Set Crypto Podcast. Do you expect us to talk? I, you'll be shaken and stirred. Now meet your hosts, Doc and Mav. Views and opinions heard on the Ready Set Crypto Podcast are not necessarily the opinion of this company nor its management. Material on this program is for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Hello, everyone. This is Doc Severson with Episode 17 of the Ready, Set, Crypto podcast. Today's session is less of an interview and more of a sit-down and pop-the-top on a cold one with a technical analyst that I respect, Craig Trader Cobb, who is just known around this space as Trader Cobb. Reading his bio, he's been trading since he was 16 years old, took his talents to London, and did some professional fund management. Then he took his football home to Sydney. And it's apparent that we must be brothers from a different mother as we both go to the same barber. And in listening to some of his work, we do charting and price analysis in a very similar way. Hello, Craig. Welcome to Ready, Set, Crypto. Mate, pleasure to be here. Thanks, Doc, for the uh, kind intro, mate. Great. Well, I can't wait to get into this. I would love to hear the story of what led you to jump on a plane and go to London to start your career. And then... What led you to return home after that? Yeah, look, uh, geez, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, when I sort of left school, I, suppose, I started investing at 16, left school and just wanted to get out of there, you know, wanted to get out of Australia about you know, as quick as a rat up a drain pipe, just straight out, you know, bang, out we go. And I went straight to London and sort of, um, I was actually on the tube, you know, the, the, which is what they call their subway. And I saw this big poster that said, uh, uh, learn to trade or, or no, not learn. It was, it was a trading with tax free. I'm like, no tax and trading. Yep. Get me along to that. Went along to this seminar thing and basically went, wow, okay, I can probably do this and uh, ended up getting a job for this group as opposed to uh, spending money to do their courses. <laughs> and uh, I just spent time with their traders, man. I basically sat, I was in there six o'clock every morning. Uh, I started my day job at nine. So I had three hours of that with them in the morning, annoying the hell out of them. And then I'd stay until uh, after dark to make sure I could learn everything I possibly could. No, I basically learned uh, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And um, I was pretty fortunate that I became one of their traders. Um, then I moved on and set up a little fund for a family office, um, which I didn't really enjoy that much, to be absolutely honest with you. It, it, it's sort of my uh, – I, I, I'm unemotional when I trade, but if it's with somebody else's money, if, if I have a drawdown, and everyone has a drawdown, I would find that – I would be so emotionally invested in their outcome that I wasn't worried about if it went, went down on my money because I'm like, dude, that's cool. You know, I'll, I'll get it back. It's just a drawdown. But if it was somebody else, I'm like, that's their hard-earned money. Even though these people are loaded, um, I had this really strong connection with how somebody else would react to not doing well for a period, and it killed me. So I stopped doing that, went back to trading for myself, and um, started doing the commentary, was fortunate to travel around the world presenting, uh, mentoring, and doing lots of cool stuff like that. Came back to Sydney, um, what, Jesus, eight years ago now, and uh, yeah, have two kids and live at Bondi Beach, and um, life is good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about trading for other people. I did that for a while, too. I thought that was the, the holy yeah. grail, like, hey, I'm going to trade somebody else's money, and I'll, I'll get paid for that, and... You know, because that's sort of the the dream that everybody spouts is that, oh, you yeah. become a fund manager and, you know, you drive an expensive car, things like that. that <laughs> that's the dream that gets sold. And all of a sudden you go into that. And when it's good, it's good. 
And when it's bad, it's it's horrible. And it's I, I'm very much like you. Is like I took it on as a burden. It's kind of like a big yeah. chain around yeah. your neck that you. Yeah. So yeah, I won't do it again. I won't yeah, do it no, again. Neither, if 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 it's an algorithm and I've got people running that, and it's a totally different game. But when it comes right. to discretionary trading, n- nah. You know, we're fortunate enough now that I don't need to be looking for other people's funds to be trading. And um, I just like to keep it nice and simple, you know, make sure that I'm doing what I'm comfortable with. If I have a drawdown, and I have them, we, we all have them, um, then I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, it doesn't worry me. Yeah, you understand it. That, that's great. So what, what type of markets and what financial instruments have you traded besides the crypto spot markets? Uh, foreign exchange was a big area that I traded. Uh, commodities, bonds, stocks, uh, like US, UK. Didn't really get into trading Australian stocks. The um, the volatility is not really there, and there wasn't enough that did have enough volume to trade properly. Um, but predominantly, it was commodities, bonds, stocks, and uh, and futures. So the YM, the NQ, the uh, TF, traded them quite a lot. The top six foreign exchange, a few a few of the exotics, ten year, twenty year, uh, sorry, ten five. Well, basically all the treasuries because they all got plenty of volume, right? Um, and I, the, the reason that I was able to do that is that um, the way that I trade, similar to yourself, mate, is that um, it's technical. So it's, it's looking at a chart. Now, when I look at a chart, it, it doesn't matter what it is. I can look at that chart as long as it fits the, uh, the general rules that I have. The, like, I've got a little literal checklist that I stick to. And as long as the chart structure is good, i.e. it's not gappy and messy and just, you know, very thin books and obviously just a hideous market to trade for risk purposes, um, then I'll trade it. And, and that's what brought me into crypto because a mate of mine, um, a mentor actually called me oh, June last year, I think it was. And he said, uh, Cobby, you've, uh, you've got to get into this crypto thing. I'm like, oh, come on, mate. You know, what do you come on? Really? Really? And he goes, just, just have a look. Because I, I was introduced to crypto in 2013, right? And um, I was like, at that time, there, was, there wasn't much volume. There was no tools for me to trade it and you, you know, do what I do now, right? Because uh, there, was, there wasn't even any charts properly that I could work from. So I just sort of kicked it to the curb. It wasn't something that I was, that I was interested in. Then he got, I looked at it again last year, about June, and I was like, whoa, okay, there is a market here now. And I started looking at the way the market moved. I'm like, Jesus, this market not only fits the way that I trade, but your risk multiple stays the same. Your reward multiple is just through the roof. Oh, it was extremely technical. It was unbelievable. It's it was amazing. Some of, the, some of the best charts I've ever seen. I wish I could still mm. say the same thing, but... Well, we're falling now. There's, there's, yeah. We've got direction again. At least we can, we can find our money in, in the downtrend. There's just not as many products to trade, especially with margin, yeah. um, to short. So it does limit your options a little bit, but there's been some good opportunities out there this year for sure. Are are you just trading crypto right now, or you is is that just a part of of your overall game? Uh, me now focusing on crypto. Um, you know, once you've uh, oh God, how, how do I put this? You know, once you've tasted the sweet fruit of uh, of this volatility, it's it's pretty hard to go back to anything else. I do have, um, as I say, algorithms that are that are being worked on at the moment for other markets, but that's not for me to run. That, that someone else will, will take care of that for me. Uh, but for me, my um, I guess discretionary trading is is pretty much all in crypto right now. And it's just because for me, the volatility is insane. Uh, You know, like I I had a short on Bitcoin uh, at about 5,700 a couple of weeks back and I got a really tight stop on a two hour bar on a cradle trade. And I got a 17 to one risk reward multiple. Like that's just insane over like uh, it was two weeks. That means if you risk a thousand bucks, you make 17,000. Like it's, you don't get that. 
in the other markets. You, you, you've got to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. And if you get 70% return, you're like, oh, wow, that was great. That's a lot of work. That could be 30, 40 trades. With this, it's just like just sit back, relax, wait for the opportunity, take it, and then just bank. So for me, it's like I can do less trading, but the moves are so much bigger. Not always, but when you get a good one, it just it, I just don't see any reason to be anywhere or anywhere else right now with the skill set that I've got. You know, it's, it, it's I'm pumped about. It. I love it. <laughs> are, are you mostly just in the spot markets, or are you trading derivatives like futures and options? Uh, I'll trade futures, uh, options. So I like to, I love leverage. So across BitMEX, Bitfinex, that's where most of my trading goes. Now, a number of Australian or global uh, traditional market platforms now offer leverage products on things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, and some all, you know, Bitcoin Cash and a few others. So I have money in those accounts too. Um, the only issue with those accounts is they're not 24-hour dealing desks. So as much as I trust those traditional market brokers more with my money sitting in it, so you can have a larger amount and you know fall under the guarantee of whatever the country is for the uh, savings. I can't remember what the, the actual law is. I think if, if they go under, you get your money back to a quarter yeah. of a million, I think it is. But with BitMEX I, 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 and the online uh, crypto exchanges, I, I still have trust issues there. Um, so for me, I'll trade across a few different accounts, but BitMEX does offer some pretty good options there. So I, I love to trade with leverage. That's why I'm able to trade this year because the market is falling and I'm able to still short instruments. So you're mostly on BitMEX and Bitfinex then for those? BitMEX, Bitfinex. Uh, there's a company here in Australia called Pepperstone. I don't mind IG markets as well. Um, I split across a number of them because I don't want to have, like I say, I've, I do have trust issues. Part of being a trader, as you know, is managing your risk. And for me, I think uh, a big risk still in this market or a risk that needs to be um, – uh, accepted and acknowledged is the exchanges themselves. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I'm right now looking at a number of different exchanges that are going to get into the futures markets in mm. in 2018, 2019. Something like Digitex is one of them. They're going to be commission free futures trading. They're going to be coming out with their beta and uh, 15th of January. There's other ones like. And it's all country specific as to whether or not you can trade with them. Like crypto facilities is another one. There's another one that's coming along called Market Protocol. Uh, just a whole bunch of them. And each one of them is going to be slightly different. Uh, DYDX is coming along. And yep. what I'm particularly interested in is the, the options of that. So if we can get not only leverage, but also time decay that we can sell something, that's going to be, yep. that'll be awesome. Okay. Hey, uh, what what got you into the trader education business? How how did you you know go from trading all of a sudden you're helping other people? How did that occur for you? Frustration for crypto. So I, I used as a mentor, like when I was working or when I was trading other markets and traveling around the world and stuff, I was helping people do that anyway. Um, for me, the way that I trade, so so me, my my normal personality is to have a laugh, uh, have a good time. Just I'm pretty spontaneous, pretty flippant, right? That, that's just who I am, okay? Tell a good story, have a good yarn, you know, have a good laugh. That, that's me. But when for the first three years of my trading career, per se, when I was still working and trading my way out of it, um, I sucked at trading, being that guy. <laughs> because what I, what I was after, my, what my personality wanted, and what I needed to give or get from the market, they didn't match. So I had to become, you know, the, the, the buttoned-up shirt with the, with the brown tie and the short-sleeved accountant sort of personality as a trader uh, because I, I needed to be unemotional and, and focus more. So I, for what worked for me was to write down a written checklist system 
Now, that was helping a lot of people. I came into crypto, looked at the market, and I was like, right, well, who, who's the person that I – someone that's like me who's been around for a while, they know what they're doing. Um, I want to know, is there any little discrepancies that I need to be aware of? Like there are certain little things that you need to know about a certain market, what affects it, what news, what this, what that, you know. Like if you're going to trade foreign exchange and move to gold, there's a few different things you need to be aware of that come out and reports and that sort of thing. So I was looking for, for what's out there, and what I found was um, – uh, a lot of turkeys flying in hurricanes, mate. You know, basically, they'd all they'd all done well because they all had all their funky lines drawn in everywhere, and they would say buy this, and it went up. So everyone was an expert within basically four or five months and charging a bunch for their courses. And I was looking at this stuff, going, "This is absolute rubbish. This is just utter crap." And these people that are spending their money, as soon as the market turns, they're going to get hurt. Um, so I'm not sure if that's a good way to start a business out of frustration, but I figured, you know, people deserve to have something that, that's actually real, simple, straightforward. And I don't teach, like people go, oh, you don't teach much about technical analysis. I'm like, well, I teach you what you need to know for my three trading strategies because anything outside of that is noise to me. And that's, I can only teach based on what I know. So that's what got me into it was the frustration of very limited uh, quality education providers out there. Now, I know there are some great ones out there. I haven't seen them all, of course, but the ones that I was coming across were just dirt, <laughs> just crap. So my own experience with this is that most investors come to this space with very little hands-on experience. And it mm. seems like crypto particularly, a lot of people that I encountered in the stocks and options space and futures they actually had some experience before they got into derivatives like mm. like options and futures. So they were fairly well advanced. But a lot of crypto investors, this is the very first time that they've gotten involved with something like this. And most of what they know are from either TV commercials or a Twitter thread. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things that you've had to specifically work on with new investors in this space? Just educating them on being patient um, is probably the biggest thing. It's, uh, you know, people get hyped up and worked up into an emotional frenzy. Uh, they believe what others are saying because uh, he, here's the big kicker for me. Just because somebody's got a lot of people on Twitter or a lot of people on YouTube or a lot of people in a Facebook group doesn't make them an expert on trading or investing. It means that either they're at the right place at the right time or they're good at social media. It, it doesn't mean they're a good trader. So to be very careful as to who you tune into, because um, look, it's, it's, it is difficult. I get people all the time saying, oh, what do you think of this? Who do you think of this? You know, do you listen to this person? And, and in all honesty, to be, this isn't to be arrogant. It's just that, and you'll be like this too, Doc, mate. It's once you find something that you're good at, you, you put the blinkers on. You, I'm not looking for new ways to, to, to improve the way that I trade. I'm looking for ways to improve myself because that's the only variable that changes in my trading. My checklist has been the same for the last eight years. It's me that changes. So for me, my investments in myself to be better, a better version of me as opposed to looking for different things in the market. So people just need to understand they've got to be patient. This is not a get-rich-quick thing. Yes, it was last year and the years before. People have done that and it might happen again. But the most important thing you've got is what's in your head and no one can take that away from you. But until you get that education, just be just don't necessarily believe what you hear all the time because everyone's got a um, incentive, and that that incentive doesn't need to be anything malicious. It could just be that you know they say buy this token because they believe in that token. They want it to go up, so if you buy some, it naturally helps that market to grow. So just be very careful what you listen to. Think logically 
not emotionally is probably the biggest thing to say. Okay, great. Well, I, I noticed two very st- distinct traits about your online analysis. So I, I did a little homework today. I went back and watched your YouTube channel on a couple of videos. And and what I saw was two major things. So first of all, multiple time frames, And secondly, a price-based focus. So it wasn't like this combination of, you know, spaghetti studies all over the place. You know, what would you call it? Turkeys in a, in a windstorm or Tur- something? Turkeys in a hurricane. <laughs> turkeys, yeah, that's perfect. So where where do you pick up that style? Where did where did that come for you? Yeah, mentors, mate. Um, yeah, my trading's real simple. It's got uh, moving averages and MACD. I use Fibonacci. That's it. Um, it came from the people that I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, and, and been mentored by. Because when I looked at all of their charts, one of the things like I, I used to go to all these events and look at this and look at that. I used to learn how to even calculate some of the indicators, which was just a complete not a waste of time, because I thought that if you knew everything about it, uh, something then that would mean that you'd be good at it. Like you know, that's kind of how school brings you up, right? The person that solves the hardest math question gets the highest score in math. So if you're crap at math, you get a D. If you're good at math, you get an A. It's just the understanding of the two that, that differentiates the A and the D. Uh, I was a D. <laughs> so for me, I thought, right, I really need to study and focus. Um, yeah. Then when it came to the rubber hitting the road and meeting the people that I needed to be around, I looked at the way that their charts were set up and the, what they looked for, and it was just so simple. They were focused on the the factual pieces of information, which is – Things like, uh, well, the absolutes is what I call them. It's price measured by time. It's an absolute. Price is real. Time is real. And there's your candlestick. How you read price, whether it be a one candlestick or over a number to create trends, starts to give you that understanding between the tug of war of buyers and sellers. Because at the end of the day, drag everything back. Take all the crap away. You've got two options. You can buy and you can sell. So if you're not objectively considering either one of those outcomes when you're looking at a chart, then you're actually wasting your time and you're just going to confuse yourself. So everything is based around buying or selling. Do I buy? Do I sell? And my process, it's I, I don't go to the market looking for trades. I, uh, I eliminate everything until there's things that I just cannot leave. Um, and that's all based around like prices. If I was offered you can have any indicator or all the indicators that you want craig but you can't have price or you can have price by itself and nothing else i'd take price i'd still probably be all right with it yep that's everything else is derived from price and volume anyway so exactly uh, that's it's you all know, for it, price. it's funny you, you can almost tell how much experience somebody has based on how uh just confused and how busy their charts are how many yeah, studies I, I that they've layered on couldn't it's, agree more. And so, you keep a bit of flack for it too, you know. Like you say, look, a lot of this stuff's rubbish. Uh, like for me, I know people use sloping trend lines. I don't. I, anything that's got subjectivity, I, I, I kill. Now, I know people use it, and that's fine because there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, but, you know, from, from my point of view, if anything is subjective, because what I used to do is I used to tweak. I'd call it tweak the line. I'd move it to give me what I wanted. And trading's like having a good dance partner. You, you can drag a dance partner around the stage and you look like an absolute dickhead. Excuse my French. <laughs> or you can learn to dance together and you can be in motion with each other and it's a beautiful thing. Now, if you've got the sloping trend line, you're moving it to suit what you want. That's, dra- that's, that's trying, to, trying to get what you want from the market. The market doesn't like you. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't love you. You have to love the market, learn and listen to the market subjectivity i leave it behind objectivity that's the only way to trade for me 
Yep. Higher highs and higher lows is an uptrend. Correct. So I got a question for you here. So I'd love to hear three pieces of advice that you'd like to share with anyone listening out there. These can be trading related. These can be entrepreneurial related, professional advice, or just how to properly grill a steak. I don't care. Whatever suits your mood today. Yeah, cool. Um, the, the first thing I think is really important is that, um, and I was taught this a long time ago, uh, very hard way, is that the market can and will go higher. The market can and will go lower. So never find yourself going, it can't go any lower or it can't go any higher. It, that, that's bullshit. It, it, it can and it will. It can and it will. You don't know. It's a market. It does what it wants to do. So forget about what you think. Thinking doesn't help. That's probably number two. Don't think too much. Have a strategy. Have a structure that you stick to so that you're relatively, you know, you know what you're going to the market for. You're not, you're not going to the market for a trade. You're going to the market for a set number of reasons. And, um, you know, you, you, you've got to be educated and resilient. Uh, you're going to have some hard times. Uh, just because you've, you've got, you know, the strategies that I use, for example, doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing trader. Uh, and just because you start a business doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing business person. Just because you've got a degree in law doesn't mean you're going to make partner. You need to have a bit of grit. Uh, times are going to get tough. You need to have a really strong, strong reason why. Uh, you'll want to give up at some point. It's going to happen. I had it several times. Um, your reason why you're doing this needs to be deep-rooted so that you stick to the task and, uh, and you flawlessly execute your plan. So whatever that plan may be, wherever you get that from, it's got to be executed flawlessly, consistently, forever. There you go. There's a three. I think that was three. All right. Outstanding. Well, Craig, I've really had a ball getting to know you, and I hope we do this again soon. So yeah, how, can, sure. how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more about uh, Trader Cobb? Yeah, uh, thanks for, for letting me do a little uh, spiel. Basically, tradercob.com, so it's Cobb, C-O-B-B for Bravo. Uh, you can find a bunch of stuff there, what I do, how I do it. Um, you can get me on Twitter, at TraderCobb, uh, on Facebook, TraderCobb and Craig Cobb. Um, you know, across all the socials, I'm there. But the best place to go is tradercob.com, and you can get me on the TraderCobb Crypto Podcast. Okay, outstanding. Right. Good good. We'll Thank you there. very much. Appreciate you coming on board the uh, Radio Snow Crypto podcast today, Craig. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Uh, we'll do it again. Eh? It was good. Cheers, Hope so. Mate. All right, see ya.